By the way, did you know that police-grade mace can get sucked into the AC of a pool hall and get sprayed on everybody? Welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. I'm not John. And I'm not Henry. And together we're not John and not Henry coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist. John, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Henry. I know this gets bandied around a lot. People saying, oh, I just flew in for X, Y, or Z. Boy, are my arms tired. But my arms are very tired from physically flying all across these United States. Now, this is a question I've I've always wanted to ask someone who can fly. And John, as someone who can fly, how do you fly faster? Uh, you flap arms faster. And you you typically try to catch, like, one of the trade winds. That's a big one. Ooh, well, there you have it, folks. Tips for flying. Uh, Book your next flight today. Yes, and uh, to drop the artifice a little bit, I flew in a jet plane, and uh, I would not take tips from me as to how to fly fast, because I was stuck on the tarmac for four and a half hours on one of my flights while my plane was assaulted by lightning. Oh, God. that That's the nightmare. That is the <laughs> nightmare scenario. You get through security. You get boarded on. You deal with the, the, the terrible way that we board planes these days. And you roll. I mean, you, maybe you don't roll away, but you, like, you roll away from the gate and then you're just grounded by air traffic control. And then it's just like, yeah, folks, we're, we're going to hold here for a while until the weather clears, which could be it could take forever. Yeah, it, it is an indeterminate amount of time, and you're just sitting there watching the wind sock, hoping it dies down so you can take off. But let me tell you, uh, we like to keep this podcast local. If you're ever flying out of the Austin Bergstrom International Airport, and this has been my experience a few times, so now uh, empirically I can say this, you better pray to God you're not in the 30 gates. Those, like, weird gates that are stuffed off to the side behind the Vino Volo, where, like, there are six gates right next to each other, and there's no well-defined seating area for any gate, and people are, like, trying to get on the wrong flight, and random lines are forming, and everyone's getting mad, and people are yelling, and the ceiling is shorter for some reason. Awful. The, the worst gates of any airport that I have ever been to. In my entire life. Now, it was interesting, and I don't want to bore the podcast too much with travel details because we know those are uh, the opposite of thrilling. But I had the experience of uh, boarding my airline, uh, which this time was Alaska, not my preference. Uh, We were boarding Alaska, and then American was boarding right next to us. 
uh, my plane was going to Oregon. Their plane was going to, I don't know, Idaho or something. Uh, the American Airlines terminal said, there's lightning on the ground, so we are halting boarding until oh. the lightning stops. Oh, and the Alaska no. terminal said, come on board. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and then once we were on the plane, the pilot was like, there's lightning on the field. There's a ramp freeze. And we were looking around us through the little portholes of the airplane and just big fat purple lightning bolts were just hitting the <laughs> ground. It was, it was like playing breath of the wild. All the lightning bolts were striking within like a hundred <laughs> yards of the plane. It was terrifying. Oh man. You got to put away your metal weapons and take out your wooden ones for the next yeah. like five minutes. I put the master sword in my backpack. I was amazed that I, uh, got through TSA with it. But yeah, sat there, which like, I feel like if you're stuck on the ground for greater than an hour, maybe do a drink service or give some people some Biscoff cookies or something. Because but we people could take were feeling off. mutinous. We could take off at any time, John. This lightning could clear up at any moment. The that sun... is what they kept saying. They <laughs> the kept rains. saying, oh, it looks like it'll clear up in like 10 minutes or so. I'm like, what weather app do you have access to? Because I don't. I don't have the one that says, oh, this storm's over in 10 minutes. Oh, you were using your phone still? There's your problem. <laughs> oh, no. They're like, someone didn't put their phone in airplane mode, so we can't take off. Every minute you don't put your 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 uh, your phone in airplane mode is another 10 minutes we have to stay here. It was uh, really interminable. And I, as a tall person, try to pick a seat that's like either in premium economy or the exit row and by the window. Because if I'm in the middle, I'm intimate with two people. And if I'm in the aisle, then the drink tray keeps hitting me in the head or shoulder. So I sit in the window and I was trapped for four and a half hours. It was hot because, you know, when the plane's not rolling, oh, the yeah. air condition, it, it That's sucked. illegal. That's illegal. I, I, so I, I've fallen into a new habit of things I don't like. I just yell out, that's illegal. Mm. But it's illegal to be on a plane with the air not flowing. Because it's a small metal tube. There's there's upwards of 100 people. That's a lot of body heat. If you don't have the air running, it is like that's a, that's a war crime. Yeah, I, I love to be in this shitty little building with 120 other people who are furious. <laughs> Right. Everyone, and the anger, you know, anger makes you hotter. Yeah. Everyone there is about 105 degrees. And if they're, if they're not 105 degrees because they're angry, they're 105 degrees because they have COVID, which oh. I'm sure like 20% <laughs> of that plane did. Yeah. For Man, sure. it was, uh, it was rough, but I'm back. My, my two weeks of travel are at an end. Well, welcome back, John. We did miss you. Thanks for phoning in. A correspondence piece uh, two weeks ago. If you guys haven't listened to John's interview with, uh, I just called it an AI with an AI, go check that out two weeks ago. It's a really good episode. Uh, But now we've got more pressing issues to cover, John. Oh, is, is there anything that's happening in this world or United States that's pressing in any way? Yes, John, it's time for you to ask me the weekly question. <laughs> is is it a, a predetermined weekly question, or is it up to me? Yeah, uh, you, 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 you've been doing it the past couple of times you were on. Oh, truly, I don't remember. Oh, wow, it has been two weeks, but John, you would check in. 
Every ah, week. I see. Uh, wait, what are you drinking? Is that yeah. it? Yeah. Well, you would ask more specifically. Real heads of the podcast will know that John. Uh, and I'm like, most certainly not a real head of my own podcast. John, John is the fakest head there is. <laughs> Uh, for the past couple of weeks he was on, he was asking uh, if I was keeping up my sobriety. Yes, indeed. Henry, how are you still sober? Fuck no! Okay. No, John, because I realize that the country is shit. It's just getting worse. It's not worth it to be sober during the week. I am drinking a nice golden age German-style Pilsner by Family Business Beer Company from Dripping Springs, Texas. Uh, around beer, your family, it's owned by one of the guys and Supernatural. Yes, uh, Jensen Ackles. Uh, I've heard good things about family businesses beers. How is it? It is. Uh, so I, I knew you were going to ask, so I was thinking about, I actually, I, on one of my many walks to the printer in my workplace, I was thinking about how to describe this beer because I've had a couple of them in the past. And I think the best way to describe their golden age Pilsner is uh, inoffensive. I think that's a good descriptor for a Pilsner. I think that that's what makes a good Pilsner. It's light on the tongue. It's kind of got like that, you know how Bud Light kind of tastes like stale beer? Uh Uh-huh. It's kind of got that, but like a rounder, more full flavor to that, like... It's like it's got one. It's got that note, the stale beer note, but there's a freshness surrounding it that stops you from thinking, "Well, this is just Bud Light." Yeah, I think that is what most American pilsners and lagers, mass market pilsners and lagers, are lacking. Is like in a pilsner or a lager, you want that like crispness, that fresh, that crispiness, uh, which it sounds like this has, but maybe yes. to a to a lesser degree. In, in a pilsner, I would typically expect there to be. Like, maybe a noticeable hop finish. Like, if your lager is a friend who has no opinions that they're that disagree with the popular mainstream, the Pilsner is like one guy who agrees with everything except he's like a closet anti vaxxer. It's like a little bit where it's like, oh, you're there. <laughs> right. You're notable. Right. Yeah. He's got it, it definitely is. It's got that little hop finish. I would say it's like half a hop. Mm-hmm. Like it, like it wafted by an IPA, and it's got that Christmas that you're you're discussing. But underneath it all, it's just like, okay, yeah. So this is what America is right now. Yeah, I, I think that that is fair. I, uh, for my part, of course, we are recording on July fifth. Yesterday was the America. I mean, yesterday was the birth was the birthday of the United States of Slimerica. And I, uh, instead of engaging in any activities, just bought a bunch of liquor and made chili dogs. Uh, And me and my fiance tried to watch some kind of patriotic movie or movies that generally like captured the feeling of America. And we just couldn't do it. Like we couldn't. Yeah. Like jingoism, patriotism. Well, typically fun artifices just aren't fun right now. No, for sure. So I found myself at two firework shows, and uh, the first one was spending time with both my wife and I's family, so I could mask any sort of feeling of patriotism with like, oh, this is the first time we've all been together in quite some time, and it's, it's a fun moment, because we're watching the coolest thing that this country does, 
which is explode things in the sky for our enjoyment. Yes. So I, I was able to like divorce it from like the good thing about the show we saw in uh, in Mississippi was that there was no patriotic music playing alongside the fireworks. It was really just like let's watch some shit explode as a town. Which yeah, is the, like uh, yes. The two things on my radar for things I could do for the fourth were to uh, go to Q two Stadium for uh, Willie Nelson's Fourth of July picnic. Or go north to a town I, I shan't name to their baseball stadium. And uh, both events promised patriotic music and a celebration of America. I'm like, I'm good, actually. Right. I'm right. quite good. Th- there was a third option you didn't know about because we we had toyed around with the idea, but we didn't quite know how the timing would work out. But we, we had thought maybe we would get back in town just in time for the fireworks show that happens by my house. Uh, and we thought maybe we could invite some friends over to witness it, but the timing just didn't work out. It was a complete disaster. Uh, us getting home, but uh, we managed to get home just in time and set out like camp chairs on that little hill behind my house so that we could see that fireworks show. And we, we knew there was music playing, but we could not make it out. So we again, we got to see big ass explosions in the sky, divorced from meaning. Hey, it sounds like you really won. Next year, I uh, here's my plan, and you're free to tag along. I want to get reservations to P6, which is a rooftop bar on one of the buildings downtown, but it overlooks Auditorium Shores, where the big downtown fireworks display happens. So you could have a drink on a rooftop while fireworks go off but you don't have to hear any music see that's the way to do it and uh i you know we might i'm honestly walking just 10 feet from my backyard to set up some lawn chairs and watching a fireworks show i don't know if i can i don't know if any experience can beat that really yeah it's it's going to be tough to beat because with mine you have to go downtown and honestly fuck that i mean you could just come up here well, you know, we'll that's be, pro- we'll, it's probably better to be honest right. with you. I'll we charge can, you. The, I'll charge you out. the same price. Oh, the same <laughs> price as a cocktail from P six, so eighteen dollars. Well, and the ticket for admission. Okay, yeah. I <laughs> wait. So I'm gonna get double dipped. I'm gonna get the ticket for admission to Auditorium <laughs> Shores and the drinks at P six, and also you have to pay for parking. <laughs> oh no! Wait, downtown rates downtown rates i don't oh, want God. you to miss out on the full experience i'm gonna be out 250 dollars. i do have to note it was our first time so we've been in this house for two years and uh, last year you know we hosted fourth of july we invited everybody over so we had no idea how fucking packed our our little stupid city gets with people and and uh jamie remembered that last year you left early to go safeguard your dog as is your right uh and did you you had to fight through traffic to get home right oh yeah i had to fight through traffic your specifically your neighborhood was like it was being purged like there were there were cars just straight up parked in the street yeah yeah so we we got so the fireworks started at 9 15 we got into the neighborhood at 8 40 it took us maybe another 20 minutes just to get to our house. Like there were cops everywhere. Children were like running through the streets. 
everyone was like in a rush and the people were trying to pour into the park and it's like the fireworks start in 10 minutes folks like if you're still in your car you know you're gonna miss it why didn't why didn't anyone show up earlier i don't understand it was funny because i i distinctly remember when i was leaving your house there was like a like a gmc denali or something like caddy corner parked in the street and i have no idea what the person was doing they were on their phone and like i drove past them and i gave them the what are you doing hand uh not like a rude gesture but i think everyone understands the what are you doing do better hand when you're driving uh and they looked at me like i was insane (laughs) they looked at me they looked at me like why are you driving this isn't a road (laughs) <laughs> this isn't a road anymore you're not allowed to be here only people who are stationary are here now yeah no it was like a scene out of a movie where like people were setting up lawn chairs in the sprouts parking lot which is a <laughs> wow. mile away yeah. from the park that is very very far from the park it just it made no sense and it was utter chaos and yeah but yeah, so the 4th of July. Yeah, uh, great great things happening in this country. Great things are happening. I, as a follow-on to my purchase yesterday, I'm drinking a ranch water. Ooh, a ranch water? That's a, that's a Texas drink. It is a Texas drink. It is a, well, it's a bit of a ranch water. Uh, usually ranch waters are made with tequila, lime juice, and Topo Chico. Uh, this is made with uh, Sotol. Uh, which is also, it's similar to a tequila, lime juice, and uh, diet Sprite, because I ran out of Topo Chico yesterday. So you're drinking like a poor man's ranch water. Yes, it is a ranch hand's water. A ranch hand's water. It is a sharecropper's water. (laughs) You're drinking, you're drinking, you're drinking cow water. (laughs) It's just cow water. Just cow water. It's what, what we give to the cows, which is not too different from what we drink ourselves. I do think it's interesting uh i don't know if you feel this way but every time i picture a tequila guy it's like george clooney but not in a cool way uh but tequila is a very good alcohol it's it's got a lot of character it's very very tasty it's pretty varied uh so toll similarly i just don't have tequila guy vibes yeah, I mean, tequila just burns right through me. I, I've never liked the sensation of drinking tequila. I feel like tequila has a has a negative connotation. I feel like people who shape their identities around drinking tequila drive like a 2010 Porsche Carrera, and yeah. they they go to places. They're like, I'll t- I'll have a a, a I don't know what a, what a good tequila is. I'll have a Terramana neat. Yeah. But I I take all the things people say about eating like Mexican food and how it treats their body and transpose that onto tequila and that's why I don't Oh like no. It. It's just like it just it tears right through me and it leaves no prisoners. It's just like I, I don't have a good next day if I'm if I'm drinking too much tequila. That is a uh, uh, totally fair. I'm trying to drink more clear liquors and less beer uh cuz I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight. We'll see if that works. It's an experiment, much like your sobriety, except uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to increase the amount of clear liquor I enjoy. Right. I, I mean, just to throw the caveat on, this isn't like I lost a chip or anything. I was weekday sober, uh, meaning I drank on the weekends. So it's not as though I'm throwing my life away or anything like that. 
I'm you got just... a five day chip every week that you throw. I got away. a five day. Ch- if you add them up, no, that's <laughs> that's the not how it works. Who are struggling with addiction. That's not how it works. Uh, we always have to toe the line. Uh, I don't between... want to be offensive. Is that I... a crime? No, no, no. I, I think that people who I think sober people deserve a ton of respect, uh, yeah. and we shouldn't. Uh, you just can't be offensive anymore (laughs) you can't you just can't make fun of people with the desire and drive to improve their lives materially anymore right you just can't make fun of people with diseases they struggle to control anymore i listen in this woke pc culture this this woke personal computer culture oh my god i i have to i we saw a billboard i don't know where we were because we were on the road for 18 hours this past weekend. But we saw a billboard that was like, wake up, people. The Democrats are destroying this country. We got to stop the wokeness to make America great or something like that. That And it's just like, how? 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 <laughs> how? how is being nicer to people being, like, inoffensive? How? How? Just the concept of being more polite. How can that destroy a country? So this is the thing that, for the most part, uh, I think the GOP machine has been doing a very good job of for maybe 60 years. Uh, Hold on. At least 40 years, at least since Reagan. It's like what people, not progressive voices necessarily, but... uh, I don't know, enlightened is aware voices I on the left and the right. When they kind of coalesce together around an idea, and usually that idea is, we should be more kind, and, and our perceptions and models of reality should change with increased understanding of reality. Uh, typically, that gets assigned a word by the right and in at least in the 90s it was political correctness run amok and pc culture uh and whatever anyone so there's two sides of it there's people who are afraid because their way of life is disappearing and uh the it's very easy to feel persecuted uh and then there's people who market themselves on that uh and then they just like create the this perpetuating narrative that continues to like twist and distort this word into essentially meaning like when people are practicing this they are shackling you and you are the minority uh it's it's very powerful and and disingenuous and wokeness is now the the new one yeah for sure absolutely it's just i i know it's divorced from common sense or reasoning it's just I, I and the people who are unfortunately under the spell are there. There, it, it takes a lot for them to to even take that step back to reflect Absolutely. on the reality of the situation. Like the if our country is so fragile that treating the certain certain people nicer than we have been, it can destroy it. Then we really don't have a country. Yeah, and and it's a solipsistic worldview because it's not that these people are hearing like wokeness means being kind to people it means wokeness is the persecution of myself right Right. and not quote-unquote wokeness is the welcoming and understanding of the other selves that we're all surrounded by all the time yeah no in my ideal world they you know again they they could take a step back and self-reflect and realize it's just treating people but you're right it is exactly what you said 
it's just a, it's a it's a for lack of a better term a buzzword that has been perverted into the enemy and i don't want to talk about it anymore because look this country is in pain and... i don't want to talk about it anymore because unfortunately the twisting of language to further divide people into violent tribal camps is kind of the least of our problems right now right uh, for, sure, for sure you know it's it's still in the top 10 but you know uh, things yeah. suck right now all I... of it can be encapsulated in our desire to not celebrate the fourth of july exactly so let's move on shall we let us move on indeed let's move on to more important things in our country john how about our are the things that are happening in popular culture i mean that's that is our country henry <laughs> it's our country for sure it's like yours and i's country well uh, yeah it is our country is popular culture listen a lot of people say that art is downstream from politics. Some people say politics is downstream from art. I'm saying existence is downstream from popular culture. Yes, exactly. Yes. Who cares about existing when there's such great things to talk about? Such great things like, John, he's back at it again. Oh? Yeah, that bad boy, our director, is in headlines again. He's on a tirade. Oh, I love a bad boy auteur with a little bit of panache, perhaps? With a little bit of panache, this bad boy of Hollywood is on a tear. He's going to Empire Interview and giving interviews. He's tearing the just the audiences apart. I am talking, of course, about James Cameron. Yes, the, the little-known director, James Cameron. I believe he's he's made a couple art house movies, such as The Abyss? Yes, uh, James Cameron, that bad boy of directors who has released Titanic. I believe it's it's pronounced uh, Titanic. Titanic. Yes, <laughs> all his movies famously are to pronounce such as Avatar. Avatar. Uh, yes. So, uh, as you know, John, uh, four more Avatar movies have been. You know, they've been announced, they're in the works. A, a teaser for Avatar Way of Water was dropped. And of course, that means James Cameron is back on the press junket promoting his movie. But he's not doing so with just bowing to the masses of film audience goers. No, he's firing back. James Cameron cannot be muzzled. Uh, so when I say Avatar, what do you think of, John? Um... Like the movie or the Nickelodeon TV show? The the movie. Um, I think blue people having uh, disgusting ponytail sex that makes me want to throw up, and sometimes they have the sex with a bird. Right, yes. They, they jack into birds, they jack into <laughs> each other. How is They're it j- not sex when they do it to the birds? <laughs> they jack into How a is tree. it not sex when they do it to the birds? I've <laughs> never talk- understood <laughs> They plug into a tree, and then they can feel where everybody is, because everybody else is plugged into that same tree. And a thing we like to call the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that is the origins of the internet. By the way, if they keep up this release schedule for the Avatar movies with a fourth one coming out, it will come out when I am on my deathbed. (laughs) Yeah, no, in your hospital room, on the TV, like, premiering for the first time, will be Avatar 4 
you know, Battle of Five Armies or something. <laughs> yeah, Avatar Four: Battle of Five Armies. I will be trying to whisper my dying words to my many grandchildren, like "Shut up, Grandpa! Wematanye is about to <laughs> fight the giant bird." <laughs> The giant bird that they had sex with in the first one. It came back. It came back. It all comes full circle. Uh, But, okay, so a common joke that people like to say about Avatar is that nobody uh, can remember a thing about Avatar. Not not a character name, not a plot point, not anything other than, like, unobtainium because it was funny at the time. Uh, and like a lot of people like to interpret that as a joke, but that's just a fact, right, John? So here's what I remember about the movie Avatar. Uh, obviously, Jake Sully, they have sex with a bird. And then somehow, amazingly, I remember the Xbox 360 <laughs> Avatar game. Oh my because God. you have to choose whether you're going to be the Navi or the humans. And the the humans are way more fun because you get to waste a bunch of Navi with huge machine guns. <laughs> and it's, Take it's this, re- James Cameron's Avatar. It's really surprisingly good, and it looked very good. Because if you choose the Navi, you can do like a backflip. If you choose the humans, you can like launch a rocket-propelled grenade into <laughs> one of those Navi birds. If you choose the Navi, you can do a backflip. If you choose the humans, you get to enact the Call of Duty map, no Russian, yes. but with, but with yeah. Navi. You get to you get to you get to do no Navi. It's really it's really incredible. All right, so yes, it, it's a common fact that even though it was one of the highest grossing movies of all time, the the cultural footprint it left was pretty fleeting and and small. Yeah, I I would say that is definitely the case. Listen to this revisionist history, John. Uh, James Cameron said in an an interview with Empire, the trolls will have it that nobody gives a shit and they can't (laughs) remember the characters' names or one damn thing that happened in the movie, he says. Then they see the movie and go, oh, okay, excuse me. Let me just shut the fuck up right now. So I'm not worried about that. I uh so obviously he's operating from a place of anger and judgment. Um how blind do you have to be of your own shit to think your detractors watch your art and then immediately shut up? He's is I I want to understand where he's coming from. Is he saying that the people say this about the movie and then they rewatch the first avatar and they're like, oh, well, I'll, I'll shut up. This is a, a piece of art. Or is he saying that uh, the way of the water, way of water or whatever, will silence the haters once and I, for all? Which I think if... he's saying they rewatch the first movie because okay. he says then they see the movie again. As though, as though anyone is rewatching <laughs> no, the Listen, all my haters, all my haters are saying they can't remember a single thing from this movie. And then they watch my movie again. They say, now I remember because I am watching it again. I can't remember a single thing about Avatar. Look how small the footprint it had. And because I can't remember it, I'm going to sit down and re-educate myself and Oh, wow, I do remember things because I'm going to shut up. I don't really mean to uh, dunk on James Cameron too much or to make too much of a point. 
But I saw Avatar when it came out in theaters, and I saw it in 3D. And uh, it it left my mind like water through a fine sieve, and I don't remember anything about it other than the Xbox 360 game and the Jake Sully and Sigourney Weavers in it. You, you know what I remember? Uh, and that one Navi had a Stanford shirt, I think. Oh, maybe. Probably? But... He, he was I, another Avatar? I did watch the movie again as recently as two months ago and guess what i don't remember a fucking thing about it and the only reason why i remember they have sex with the bird is it was weird to me at the time right right no um (laughs) so uh, you know what i remember of the first avatar movie i also saw it in theaters and i also saw it in 3d uh i remember the headache i got from watching it in 3D because something about the perspective, maybe my seat wasn't ideal, but the glasses gave me such a bad headache. I took them off in the middle of the movie thinking, all right, the 3D effects are cool or whatever, but like, I just can't handle it. And I took off the glasses and I remember my, like the, my vision blurred because it's interlaid like, there's two images interlaid on each other, so it's like, you can't watch it without the glasses. <laughs> yes. So I had to suck it up, put the glasses back on, and just got a migraine watching, like, and just getting angrier and angrier at the technology. Yeah, uh, 3D movies really didn't work unless you were, like, front and center for the most part. Right, I was, uh, I was maybe why into- they went away. I was up and to the left, and I was just like, I- I'm getting just angry headaches over here. Yeah, I uh, not not the best way to watch it. Yeah, I I don't remember shit about Avatar. I think James Cameron is wrong. Um, I'm I'm not particularly interested to watch Way of Water. <laughs> if we're being totally honest, I did remember one more thing about Avatar though. Okay, the Avatar Land in oh, Disney, Disney, yeah, World Animal, Animal Kingdom. Disney World is in Florida. Yes, it is, sir. Rules. Avatar Land is great. They have people like playing drums and i think it had opened relatively recently so like they had like new full disney marketing spend like people were out there and like big animatronic costumes it was very cool i'm a big fan of the plants called pandora yes the planet is called pandora i was a big fan of pandora land or whatever it was second to the bunch of parrots i saw Right, second to the parrots you saw walking into the the, the, <laughs> the animal kingdom. The opening. park that probably cost hundreds of millions of dollars. Right, second to some parrots I saw. I, also, I saw the bird from Up. So I guess Pandora Land is third. <laughs> I had a pretty good Dole Whip, so maybe fourth actually. Right, I, I mean. There's certain realities that Mr. Cameron needs to realize. Uh, One, Avatar came out in 2009, so Mm -hmm. it's over a decade old. Uh, And I don't remember too many details about unforgettable movies from a decade ago. I I remember certain plot points from uh, Paycheck, the the Ben Affleck movie where he invents a machine that lets him see the future for like three hours. Oh, amazing. Then he has his memory wiped, and Uh it's it's actually a really fun ride. I remember certain details from that movie, uh, but not really... I remember they shoot guns at a tree. 
Yeah, they shoot guns at a tree. That's cool. I personally remember, if we're talking about movies that came out in 2009, I remember more details about X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, yeah. I remember a lot of details. I remember more details about Push than I remember about Oh, Push. Push is one of my favorite movies. Can we talk about Push? Also, Valhalla Rising was a great movie that came out in 2009. The Chris Evans Push with Dakota Fanning as a small psychic girl. It... It was a whole world. It was so good. That and Jumper. Dude, District 9 came out in two, 2009, ruled for movies other than Avatar. Other than Avatar, exactly. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been over a decade. Sorry if I don't remember any of your details of your movie. And sorry if I don't feel the need to rewatch it because I, we just named a slew of great movies from 2009 that I would rather rewatch because I remember them and I like them. Also, I feel like Mr. Cameron could maybe rest on the fact that uh, he has created some of the most memorable movies of all time and should maybe be okay. Uh, Yeah, Terminator 2 or Terminator, Titanic, Alita Battle Angel. He's created some of the most (laughs) engrossing, memorable worlds. Sure. I mean, The Abyss, for for the people who saw it, probably really liked it. Oh, I love The Abyss. That movie makes me cry like a baby. There's yeah. a Russian water tentacle in it. Okay. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend The Abyss. It's actually my favorite James Cameron movie other than Terminator 2 and Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> Stop bringing up Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> I refuse. Now, now, if it was just that one comment about trolls saying you can't remember the 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 names from the movie, I might have not brought this up, John. But he he doesn't stop. Okay. Uh, Cameron is similarly not worried and equally not missing, mincing his words when it comes to supersized cinema runtimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original Avatar clocked in at 160 minutes in the theatrical version. Now, now we have a stated opinion about this. This is yes. on the record how we feel right. about this. Uh, while The Way of Water is currently coming in at around three hours. <sighs> Here comes Mr. Cameron's quote. I don't want anybody whining about length when they sit and binge watch television for eight hours, he says. I can almost write this part of the review. The arousingly... I misread a word. (laughs) (laughs) The arousingly blue Navi traipsed about the screen for three hours. (laughs) Okay. Here's his actual quote. <laughs> the anagonizingly long three-hour movie, dot, dot, dot. It's like, give me a fucking break. I've watched my kids sit and do five one-hour episodes in a row. <laughs> Sir, here's the big social paradigm shift that has to happen. It's okay to get up and go pee. I mean... So I have two thoughts about this. Right. Please. Uh, I think that I'm not in the minority, and I I think, I don't know if I'm in the majority, but there's a lot of people like me. Uh, I find it exceptionally hard to sit down and watch television uninterrupted for three hours. No, Uh, even, like, even when, like, yeah, even when my wife and I are like, all right, we're going to finish this show. We've got four episodes left in the show. We're going to finish it today. We watch an episode, take a break, go do some things, clean up a little bit, sit down again watch another episode, get up, you know. We do things constantly in between. 
Yeah, you can watch a season of a seven or eight episode long show if you can get up and do stuff in between episodes. Right. Uh, I will concede his point that we do need to be okay with getting up to pee. So I saw Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, uh, which I believe is what it's called. Um, I saw it, I got up and I peed and it was fine. I, I think that it, I don't know. It wasn't that bad. I think people should be okay with missing parts of movies. I, I talked to some people, it seems almost pathological how much they don't want to miss 10 minutes I, of I the Marvel it. or whatever movie. I can't do it. I can't do it. I think it's fine. I, I, I will I, sit there in discomfort for hours. You know what? The last time I got up and peed during a movie was during a light year, which good movie to pee through. Um, I'm sorry to hear you didn't like it. No, I think it was good, but like, just not a lot is happening all the time, so it's very yeah. easy to catch up. Um, I uh, actually think yeah. that Lightyear is unfairly maligned. I watched uh, Jurassic Park Dominion, I believe it's called. I have no idea, actually, what the movie was called. I watched the recently, <laughs> the most recent Jurassic World movie, or whatever it is, and uh, even in that movie, as subpar and, a, and as inadequate as that three-hour length, length movie was, I held it to the credits. Now, I usually watch the all of the credits because I, I like to give credit where credit is due. But in this case, I, I had to excuse myself from the credits. And once you leave a, a theater during the credits, you don't go back in. No, of course not. That's psycho behavior. <laughs> That's yeah. That is that is like the police will be called. You can't do that. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> I got illegal. up to I got up to pee during light year. I peed, checked my phone yeah. a little bit, went back in. It was fine. Uh, however. Yeah. I think I can't do it. I, counter I counter to I his point, I think that making movies longer and longer, uh, there's probably not a good point to go and. I mean, there's actually probably a lot of really great points to go and pee during Avatar or whatever. But like, you shouldn't base your movie around the fact that like ah, people have got to go do other stuff. What? Like, no, so, our, yeah. our point in our discussion of this is like, if you have something to say, for the most part, you can say it in a relatively compact 90 to 120 minutes. And if you can't right. say that, maybe like rethink your thesis. I, if you're if this is going to be your mentality that, you know, oh, people can get up and go pee, it's fine. Then you as a filmmaker have the responsibility to put in a subtitle in a point in one part of your movie that's, that flashes and says, go pee now. Like absolutely it is okay. bring back the Dr. Zhivago style intermission. Right. It's like, if you are, if you are basing your movie length around, Oh, it's okay for them to miss it. Then you pick the scenes where people can leave because <laughs> we're, we don't know what's coming up. We don't know if there's going to be a detail. If it's a good movie, if, it, if there's going to be a detail that's introduced early on that's going to come back in some, like, Hitchcockian way. Like, like, if a movie is finely tuned, like, everything, everywhere, all at once, you can't skip a part of that movie. Because it all, it all comes back on itself. Like, it, it, like a good work of fiction, it builds and references, references itself. So there is no moment where you can step away and then step back in because you're going to miss something that's integral. If you're not making your movie that way, then sure, make a five hour long movie. But you have to point out what scenes I can miss because otherwise I'm going to chain myself to the chair and the the theater is not going to be happy with me or you. 
Now, I think if you're totally right, if you've appropriately communicated your thesis in the time that you have to do so, there is no good time to step away from the art that you're watching. I think everything everywhere all at once is a great example. There's nothing missable in that movie, really holistically speaking. But I think there is an out for Mr. Cameron. And if I know the the brain of JC, uh, I think I know what he's going to do. Picture this. You're watching Avatar. The I'm wa- okay. They're fucking a bird. They're fucking a bird. Cold, cold open. You know that cold open that movies do where it like cuts right into a chaotic scene with no background music yeah. and the sound effects are way up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then like interspersed or like cuts to black with like yep. the credits and the top build. That's just happening while a bird is getting fucked. Um, but 90 minutes in, 90, you're okay. learning about the way of water. <laughs> this is how it feels to fuck a bird in the water. Yeah. Oh my god. That's the way of water. I don't you're know learning... if I can get that clean. <laughs> Uh, you're learning about the water. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're learning 90 about minutes the in. 90 minutes in. And then it one of the character one of the characters in the scene, I don't know, Jake Sully. I don't know if he's dead. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember if the principal character of this movie died or not. Um, Jake Sully's like, "Hold on one second. I'm so sorry. I know we're going to go learn about the And he goes and he pees uninterrupted. <laughs> For five and a half minutes. David Attenborough is like, this is how the Navi pee. <laughs> and then he's just like muttering to himself. He's like, it's okay to pee. If you, if you need to pee, you can just do it. And he's signaling to the audience. The camera is, is steadily on his face. He's looking right into the lens. <laughs> yeah. And he is saying, Which is he's muttering because to... Most people look down when they pee, so the lens is down from his vision, and he's looking down, down right. at you. Right, it's as though... <laughs> the camera is at dick height. The Let's camera's just at dick height, absolutely. It's at dick height, but looking up. Yeah. He's, he's muttering to himself something his mother taught him when he was very young. Yes. It's okay to pee. It's okay to pee. If you gotta go, just go. You won't You won't miss anything. <laughs> you, won't, you won't miss anything. It's fine. And then he's like, man, these five-minute pees. <laughs> these five I'm gonna pee pees. for five minutes. <laughs> and, then, and then he walks back and he's like, he, he addresses the characters around him. He's like, see, I didn't miss anything. I didn't miss anything, and it's fine. We're all we're all still here. We're all still here. And then, like, then the missile hits like the water tree again. Like, it's this. It's just the first movie, but there's water instead of birds. Absolutely, water instead of birds. Change out the themes. The way of water. There, okay, yeah. So that's going to happen in ninety minutes. Then, in the next ninety minutes, uh, the 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 action of the movie will be interrupted. James Cameron will walk on with a glass of water, two glasses of water. And he's just <laughs> Big glasses of water, one in each hand. <laughs> well, one's empty and one's really full. Oh, yeah, he yeah, just yeah. slowly pours the full glass into the empty glass while, like, kind of rising his eyebrows, like, huh? Huh? You gotta go, right? Yeah. Huh? He's, like, raising his eyebrows, and there's a subtitle, like, he's speaking, but he's not saying anything. It just says, do you get it? Do you, <laughs> do you know what you have to do? <laughs> do you, you know... And then, and then briefly for uh, three seconds, 
the words "You must change your life." <laughs> yes, flashes up in your the life in the papyrus uh, avatar <laughs> font, and then it goes back, and Jake Sully like stabs a a I don't know an evil bird. Yeah, he stabs the evil bird. By the way, we're talking about this like the like the way of water isn't peeing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the takeaway from Way of Water. He's saying my movie Avatar: The Way of Water is the paradigm shift. I it's there's going to be a full 10-minute peeing scene. <laughs> oh my god, think about it. James Cameron has spent his entire 40 plus year career as a filmmaker trying to normalize peeing the abyss is all about water and a big water tentacle the titanic is in about the ocean. water it's about water uh terminator 2 judgment day has that guy who turns into a puddle yeah yeah and yeah exactly and i think there was only a de-emphasis on water in the first avatar movie because the studios tied his hands absolutely they're like enough with the pee and he's like, all right, but if I do this one for you, I get to make the next four about P. <laughs> yes. The, the next four are all going to be about P. The James the James Cameron piss quintet. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm going to say it's the James Cameron. It's five movies, right? Yeah, well, including the, the first James one. It is the James Cameron P. Pentilogy Cinematic Universe. That's right, the JCPPCU. Yes, the JCP PCU coming to a theater, fucking eventually. <laughs> nobody fucking knows coming to a theater in the next three years. I can't believe I have to do the art for this episode. I do the art for every episode, but the art for this episode is going to be real great. <laughs> and I, I I look forward to it. Uh, I just... I think I will probably have gone to Disney World. World is in Florida, right? World is in Florida. Yes, I will have gone to Disney World. Maybe one additional time before the Way of Water comes out, assuming it comes out in roughly three years. So maybe they'll do a refresh on Pandora Land. They'll they'll make all the water yellow. Yes, <laughs> slowly everything is getting more and more pee themed. Yeah, the uh, the soft drinks come out at an angle now. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! That's... They only have mellow yellow. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, wait, what happened to the people playing drums? And it's just like, they call me Mellow Yellow. Yeah, it's just people acapelling, they call me Mellow Yellow. They have those people who play water jets to different notes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then you ask the people in, like, the cafeteria. Uh, I can't tell the story about the Pandora cafeteria, but it's very weird. I'll tell you later. Uh, but you, like, ask the people in the cafeteria, like, hey, why are all the drinks Mellow Yellow? And they're like, I can't, we can't you we, <laughs> we just look you know what they're doing you, you, you know you what they're doing and we can't talk about it you didn't see the movie did you <laughs> you didn't you don't know the way of water you don't know the way of water oh uh, man the worst part about the refresh of the pandora world at disney world is that there there is a cast member he plays jake sully 
and he walks around and he just yells at people, it's okay to pee. <laughs> he's standing outside of the restrooms. He's taking, he's gathering groups of people, men, women, children. He's ushering them towards the restrooms. People with like those big man catchers that the Chinese <laughs> police use to corral protesters are corralling people towards the bathroom, urging them, nay, forcing them to enter the bathroom to go pee. No, yeah, the worst of it is like, yeah, the men's bathroom. He'll follow you in to encourage you. Yeah. And meanwhile, um, and, Zoe and Saldana's he's, characters. He's, he's so tall, those little dividers yeah. mean nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And meanwhile, the character that Zoe Saldana played, uh, famously, John, you know her name. Uh-huh, that's um, Grint. Grint is in the women's bathroom just going, look, y'all, he, he says he gets like this. Like, she's trying to, like, kind of justify it a little bit, but she's just embarrassed to be associated with them. Yeah. Like, the character is. Not not the actor <laughs> playing the character. And there are, like, hardcore Disney fans who are all over, like, inside the magic or whatever, and they're like, listen, you have to go... If You, have you gotta to go to, go to the restroom. restroom. You gotta you go, go to both, both restrooms to get the full story. Incredible physical storytelling. Yeah. Not since the fucking Sasquatch ride or whatever it's called. And they're like, yeah, the, the restroom at the Pandora World in Disney World is way better than the restroom at the Pandora World in Disneyland. And they just, they don't quite get it in Disneyland, but at Disney World, they knock it out of the park. Yeah, well, I mean, in Disneyland, there's a water shortage. Right, so the, the Jake Sully there is like, don't pee! No one pee! <laughs> save it! Save it! Save it! We need it! We need it! <laughs> He's not saying what it is, but he shakes you and he says, we need it! <laughs> and there, there's a police... There's, a pol- there's like security who follows him around and says he's allowed to shake. He's, he's allowed <laughs> he's, to shake. He's allowed to shake and say we need it. It's like you are not sh- allowed to ask what he needs. <laughs> Parents are looking at them pleading as as a tall, eight foot tall shake chili is shaking their, their children. And they're just like the, the security people are like he's allowed to shake. He's he's, he's allowed to shake. You paid <laughs> when you get when you <laughs> you paid when you get the fast pass, there's something in the agreement that says you'll be shaken. I'm sorry, it's just he's if you come to if you come to Pistora World, <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's Pistora now. Yeah, James Cameron's like, What do you mean it was Pandora? No one remembers the movie anyway. It's Pistora now. It is just nice in the Disney World version, they moved the you will get wet sign from Splash Mountain <laughs> to Pistora. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. They don't say what with. They, <laughs> they don't, don't say they what don't, with. They never say what with. Okay, well. <laughs> this Avatar <laughs> was so long. Avatar The Way of Water, coming to a theater near you. Check it out. We're sponsored by them. We're, we are sponsored by them, and I think we've done a bang-up job. I think people are going to turn out to see the movie. Yeah, I think people are, are going to turn out to see the movie. Record-breaking numbers. Record. It's going to blow the uh, these superhero movies out of the water. Get it? People will think that it's all about the bird sex, and then they'll learn it's all about the pee. Yep. Yep. <sighs> wow. I, I don't know about you. I'm wiped. I'm so tired. I'm. I mean, that energized me a little bit, but I'm also very tired. Yeah. I. Uh, I did have one more thing to cover. 
All right. Well, I, I've got a, just enough energy for that. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, so this one, it's it's pretty short, but I know that uh, we've been talking around the fact that there's a lot of bad stuff happening in the United States right now. Um, but I did want to shine a light on just a, a little bit of a little bit of light. You know, every day can be kind of dark, kind of hard to get through. I've I've personally taken, and this is not a joke, to keeping like an emotional journal just to like check in how I'm doing out of 10. Uh, it's been pretty low, but I think this will raise everyone's spirits. And of course, that is Minions Rise of Gru. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I can't believe you brought this up. John. We are exiting the July 4th weekend. And a Minions Rise of Gru uh, broke the July 4th weekend box office record oh uh, with a haul of more than $125 million, of course, overtaking the last uh, record-breaking July 4th release, Transformers Dark of the Moon. I forget if that's the racist one or just the bad one. <laughs> one of Listen, one of them was racist and all of them were bad. Yep. Uh, but yes, sure. Minions Rise of Gru, breaking records. Now, Henry? Yeah, John, I, I'm speechless. <laughs> Sorry, I just, my commentary's <laughs> falling off right here. Listen, I, I'll, I'll carry us through this. It, it's a pretty, it's pretty short. I'll be honest with you. Uh, have you ever heard of hashtag gentle minioning? No. Should I have? Okay, well, like I said, it'll be pretty short, so I'll set the stage. In 1774, the British court settled Donaldson v. Beckett, uh, setting modern copyright law into motion. The case, a conclusion of the 1700s War of the Booksellers, between authors, publishers, bookstores, and bootleggers, decide that publishers should hold the right to a work for a maximum of 28 years. Now, you might wonder how that's relevant. <laughs> Do you? Uh, yes. Where are you going with this? Uh, a lot of this is pulling from uh, Zach Kotzer's writing for Polygon. Uh, but gentle minioning is the now, uh, everyone attributes it to Gen Z, but I think it's just like new internet. You know how all the bad people on the internet made a new internet and called it Web3 and it's all about like cryptocurrency and yeah, it's trying all tied to recreate into, Second Life. Yeah, it's all into NFTs and the blockchain and like we're going to revolutionize your, you know, monetize your privatary information so that you make the money, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and this is the other new internet, which is not Web3, which is just uh, the sensibility of the internet that people are... Uh, uh, really seriously trying to understand. Gentle minioning, of course, started on 4chan back in like 2019 or 2018, whenever Joker came out. Uh, there was a meme going around that was pictures of like suited gentlemen or otherwise like attractive, gruff, or distant people, Sigma males, if you will, uh, standing in front of a ticket counter like the guy from Drive or the people from Sopranos, and they'd be like, ah, oh, five tickets to the Joker. Uh, oh, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Slowly that evolved over time, and now on TikTok, uh, it became the cast of The Sopranos or Ryan Gosling from Drive uh, saying, oh, five tickets to Minions Rise of Gru, please. Oh my god, okay, yeah. <laughs> Gentle Minioning is the 
uh, very popular, apparently, practice on TikTok, where people who do look like people who would not go see Minions Rise of Gru, which is to say extremely attractive women or gruff-looking muscular men or who dress up in the best clothes they have, which since they're young people and don't really know how to dress, look like they're going to Salt Bay's restaurant. Uh, they <laughs> they go to theaters and then they film themselves for real buying tickets oh. to Minions Rise of Gru. This is the worst. Which is a, a not insignificant driver of its success. Something that is notable, I think, and we don't have to talk about a lot, is Universal Studios kind of total ambivalence about the usage of their intellectual property in meme culture for the most part universal has never gone after people for appropriating minions whereas disney for example in 1989 uh they sued three florida daycares because they had mickey mouse painted on their walls (laughs) Gotta protect that copyright. Uh, And I think there was something called, like, the Sonny Bono Act, which expanded copyright laws. People typically call it the Mickey Mouse Protection Act, essentially saying that rather than the life of the creator plus 28 years, copyrights are effectively into perpetuity. Um, Yes. Companies like Disney have used that very offensively and have attacked every attempt to co-opt their characters uh, for the public, whereas a, a company like Universal essentially doesn't give a shit. Uh, and I think that it has uh, really helped them to make the Minions a really unpleasant source of background radiation in popular culture, maybe for the rest of our lives. Uh, oh, no. they, they were playing the long game, because like, when's the last time you saw a meme with fucking Mickey Mouse or any Disney property in it? No, there's a whole genre on Facebook of minion posting where it's like this the most inane boomer type of humor. And for no reason, there's an assortment of minions on it instead of like anything relevant. Oh, the minions have like hit the internet prism where they were the entirely the purview of boomers, and now minions are everywhere. You see, like, yeah. minions ironically paired with rupee car poems. You see minions dressed as the Joker or Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver. Minions have reached a level of ironic ubiquity that is so indiscernible from true ubiquity. <laughs> I, I think the Minions might be the single most interesting pop cultural artifact right now because the laissez-faire attitude of the studio has essentially allowed them to become the most ubiquitous image in popular culture. It's insane to me that these little yellow Tic Tac things could be this popular but there are, and I mean, they've had, I want to say, upwards of five movies now. <laughs> I believe this I, is the, the fifth movie. So, you know, James Cameron, step it up. Whoever the fuck right. makes these awful Minions movies has gotten five movies out the door since, I don't know, 2010, 2012? It's, cr- it's crazy that we have these two things uh, put up against each other this week, but arguably... You know, Despicable Me and AKA, like, otherwise known as, like, the the first movie with minions in them, more cultural impact than Avatar. Oh, for sure. Movies, 
released maybe somewhat contemporaneously. I have no idea when Despicable Me came out because I don't care. But I uh, I think you are right. I think minions have occupied the place of cultural consciousness that Avatar rightfully should have. Right, like this big blockbuster movie punched a hole in the zeitgeist and the minions are just filling it. And I think part of that, we shouldn't get into it too much, but I think the minions have a kind of amoral center that makes them really appropriate to culture jamming in the way that something like Avatar, which is achingly sincere, obviously, now from the interviews with James Cameron, who takes it deadly seriously because Jesus fucking Christ, have a sense of humor about the things you make. Right. Uh, especially if they're about blue people who fuck birds. Uh, but I think the aching sincerity of Avatar has kept it from being a meaningful cultural artifact, whereas the Minions believe in nothing. (laughs) (laughs) The Minions are allowed to vote. They're allowed to succeed because they do not, they do not believe in the limitations that would otherwise hold them back. Absolutely. If the Minions believe in nothing, they don't even believe in their own limits. Right. Uh, I didn't want to derail you before you even got started, but when you first brought up uh, Minions, The Rise of Gru, or whatever it's called, am I the only one who remembers this movie being released like a year ago and apparently like, it didn't do well and now they're act- they're re-releasing it and acting like it's this great success? This movie already came out. So this movie has had maybe one of the longest, most aggressive marketing spend campaigns that i'm familiar with because i think they've been marketing this movie since the pandemic started yeah, i think and, you're, and this I think, movie yeah. never came out but they have been consistently seeding popular culture with original minion shit including the teasers before movies which eventually turned into trailers in addition like putting minions on i don't know who they have partnership u-hauls i'm sure u-hauls right. have minions on them i'm sure uh but yes it has been one of the most insidious long-standing marketing spend campaigns in recent memory and it's paid off seemingly yeah i, I mean i, I got tri- that and ghostbusters afterlife i i swear both of these movies have were released twice and like they played it off as though they were never released the first time. I, I feel that way about Secret Life of Pets in that I feel like it never came out, but apparently it did. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Illumination or Illuminate Studios. Great. Great so, stuff. Yeah, I have so... a bone to pick with the minions real quick. Okay, pick your bone. I don't think they have any. <laughs> no bones. Uh, are you familiar with the Rabbids? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ubisoft's weird rabbit-like mascots that are that they keep teaming up with mario and the gang so the rabbits date back i think to like 2004 or 2005 they were created by michelle ansel who created rayman amazing video games yeah. uh, uh, and beyond the, good and evil yeah oh, beyond good and evil one of the best video games of all time yeah uh, but the rabbits were a kind of genius idea which is essentially little squishy guys with different personalities who are vaguely ethnic but don't speak any language, who kind of get into a bunch of jams. 
Uh, and I think the Rabbids were kind of poised to take over culture. And then I think the Minions did exactly what the Rabbids did. Oh, absolutely. And They're the, it's the same thing. Yeah, I, sure. I think the Minions wholesale stole from Michel Ancel the potential of like creating this uh, caricature that permeates culture in a really meaningful way, which sucks because I'm sure the guy who made the Minions uh, sucks and who cares, whereas Michel Ancel is like a kind of a creative genius. Yeah, every time I see the Rabbits or the Minions, I'm like, it's the same thing. Just one has ears and the other ones uh, have a different number of eyes. Yeah, it, it is the exact same thing, except exact same thing. robbed from a genius. Robbed from a yep. very robbed from a very good man. For sure. Play Rayman. It's very good. Play Rayman and uh, Avatar, The Way of Water, and Minions, The Rise of Gru. You can only see one, and you have to see <laughs> one. Yeah. You can only see one, and you have to watch it again and say, never mind, <laughs> I'm going to shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> Which would be weird to say <laughs> if you rewatched Minions, Rise of Gru. What? I think I, I think I speak for everybody in this podcast when I say two tickets to Minions The Rise of Gru, please. Yes, I, I'm going to actually do one ticket to Avatar. I am Gentamanvatari. <laughs> You're Pissmanvatari. <laughs> I'm Pissmanvatari. Listen, guys, listen, listen, please, listen, listen, listen. The podcast desperately needs social engagement so if you could hit the socials with hashtag <laughs> pissman vataring we would be greatly in your debt we would be greatly in your debt and to quote one of my favorite poems do not piss gently into that good night rage rage against the pissing of the light once again that's hashtag pissman vataring what? Oh my god. Alright, I think on that note, John, it's been a pleasure. Welcome back. I don't know why I'm treating you like a guest. You're a GD co-host, but thank you for coming back and not abandoning us forever. You're very welcome. I won't do it again until the next time I do it. That's fine. We'll get someone lined up. I've got friends and low places, <laughs> and I think I'll take us on home through the social media plugs today john called for you to engage our socials with the hashtag well it changed a bit and i don't quite remember it now i, I think it's piss man vataring if you can uh, yeah engage with hashtag piss man vataring on our socials including our twitter at zcpcwhj on twitter.com uh, John knows what that stands for. Yes, that stands for, seriously, they really did steal everything from Michelle Ancel. Like, it's really a shame. I There's a lot of reasons to be mad at the Minions, but be mad at them over this. Is Steve Carell in those movies? I'm never yeah. mad that Steve Carell's getting paid. He plays Gru. Groot? Oh, the guy. Gru. The guy. Rise the, the, of Gru! The guy who rises... That is correct, John. That's what that stands for. And uh, look out for Beyond Good and Evil 2. It'll never happen. Uh, we also have an email address where you can send longer things or business inquiries. Please send us business inquiries. That email address is email at zerocredits.net. 
We only accept business inquiries. I, I want them. I don't know what they look like or, or, or what they are, but everyone else seems to get them, and I would like one as well. Uh, we're on all of your your favorite podcast apps. So however you're listening to our podcast, we thank you for using that app. If you could leave a rating and a review in that in that app, that would be great. App. 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 <laughs> that would be great. I say app weird when I'm tired. Um, uh, but the most important thing you can do is tell someone about our podcast. Uh, word of the mouth is really important to us. In fact, it's the only way we can survive. So tell your good friends, tell some enemies, tell your teacher, tell a preacher, but whatever you do, don't tell the creature that lives under your bed. That would be a bad time for all involved. He doesn't have ears. Uh, word of the mouth is the only way you can survive. We appreciate everyone who's ever shared their love with the podcast with someone else. It just it keeps us going strong. We're going to keep going one way or another, but we would like to keep going with help from you. Henry, I've got a, a bit of bad news for you. Oh, fuck. Uh, we've actually received a number of business inquiries to our email address. The bad news is they all suck. Yeah, I know. We get we get a lot of podcast marketers who are like, you want to expand your viewership? Just give us a million dollars. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. Shut up. Yeah, you want to give me all the rights to your podcast. I promise to post you on like podbunny.io or some shit. It's never right. going anywhere. This is right. a direct message to all the people who keep sending us the, their dumbass podcast startup yeah. ideas. It's not going anywhere, he says. Uh, flash forward three years from now where one of these did go somewhere and we uh, deeply regret not signing on with them. But you are predatory. Give us you something. Are, yeah. You are putting yeah, us yeah. in a position where we give you everything. You want nothing? It's, it, it's, you yeah. give us nothing? It's not good. Give us money. Yeah. Or at least like a sponsorship deal with like a an alcohol. If you said, if you said us joining your dumbass podcast startup would at least guarantee that we would get some money from marketing spend from like some bullshit mattress company, great. Uh, but I mean, you're essentially asking us to sign over the rights to our podcast to you for exposure, uh, and and limit our availability to post on other podcast services. Uh, fuck that it sucks yeah no we don't like that don't be predatory john take us away don't be predatory and from everyone here at the zero credits stand on our morals for now studios uh seriously give us like five dollars to sell out we'd like to wish you a happy week goodbye goodbye